0: James Nation, long time, no see. We are so glad to be back. Uh, Richie Longshot's here, joined with the man, the myth, the legend, all things a sea of red, founder of a sea of red, John Manson. John, how are we living this Tuesday? Tuesday night.
1: It is Tuesday night. How are you doing, Rich? You got a different uh, backdrop there. Everything good? I know.
0: Everything's great. I'm live from my childhood bedroom tonight. There are some severe storms in South Jersey. And to be honest, if a tree is going to come barreling through my house, I don't want it to wake me up. I want just, to just swing by on my way to work tomorrow and go. Hmm, I'm going to have to make a phone call for that uh, later on today. So uh, the wife, the blind dog, and I—we are uh, at my parents' house. I'm in my childhood bedroom. Kind of, I was fiddling around with some some trading cards before the show started. But as always, as I was on January 1st at the Fiesta Bowl. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. happy there. to
1: be here. And you got your uh, your Verbo Fiesta Bowl sweatshirt looking nice. You how much you charged for this, John? I'm sure it was preposterous.
0: I this was a big weekend, and if, if you've never been to a bowl game, we always say go, go, no matter where it is. You know, I've been to the last two. It is such a great atmosphere. It's a great environment. We're going to get into it, but it's one of those situations where you you know just swipe the card and worry about it later. And I swiped the card. They're like, do you want a receipt? I'm like, no. Why would I want a receipt? And I was looking back, and I'm like, all right, hotel, boondocks, Barstool Bar, uh, State Farm Stadium. And I went, what's this $130 charge? This does not And I went, oh, that's right. I bought <laughs> this <my> sweatshirt. Shirt. <laughs> it's nice. And then I bought one of those foam chains that, that children wear, which I proceeded to give to Mike Schlittler.
1: And you'll never, you'll never see it again. I,
0: I'm never gonna see that chain again. I don't think he still has the chain. I imagine he (laughs) gave it to someone, but that just kind of sums up bowl life. It is what it is. The money's it's money. You get you get more every two weeks if you're in the right if you're in the right field, and it is what it is. But John, tell tell give us your thoughts. What what happened in Scottsdale?
1: Well, uh, Scottsdale was fun. Glendale wasn't as fun. No, but but uh, but we had a good time. It was a good trip out there, and uh, uh, my wife and kids and I we got out there. I forget it. it, it, it what was it? Thursday night, I think we got there yeah. late. Uh, we landed about midnight uh, local time, and uh, went went straight to the hotel and and went to bed. And then uh, we had a full weekend: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right into Monday. And and uh, it was so much fun. Stayed there in, in Scottsdale and and you joined, uh, what Saturday and, and mm-hmm. some of the rest of the crew kept on filtering in throughout the weekend and went to the, uh, the pep rally, got some oh, media, yeah. uh, events, uh, logged in. And, and, uh, you know, one thing I want to say, and I think I've said it before and, and, you know, when we, I guess it was Friday right outside the, um, the, the state farm stadium, when we did kind of that live hit, uh, you mm-hmm. and I, uh, talked about just the hospitality of the Fiesta Bowl staff and and man, they just blew me away. And I'm sure uh, you, any interactions you had with them as well and, and any Absolutely. other Liberty fans as well, it was, it was just amazing. They, their hospitality was was second to none. And, and uh, like you said, bowl trips are are wonderful. It's, it's all about the experience. It's so much fun. And really the game, even in the Fiesta Bowl, the game is, is I hate to say it's an afterthought. Cause it's not an afterthought you you're, you know, leading up to it everything's leading up to the game and, and and everything but despite what happens in that game you still have a blast and, and you make yeah. friends that you know for people you never met before uh the, the friends that you do kind of you know maybe know a little bit you get to know them even better and and uh, it's so much fun it, it was a blast hanging out there with you and so many others it was it was a lot of fun to see a lot of Liberty alum, whether yes. I saw Liberty basketball alum, Liberty baseball mm-hmm. alum, obviously Liberty football alum, former coaches, uh, you know, general student alum uh, out there in Arizona. And it was so much fun. So many people come up and say hi and and uh, introduce themselves. And that's always a blast. And, it, you know, like I said, you know, I've been fortunate to go to all five bowl games and and uh, there's some of the best trips I, I've ever been on.
0: It is. And it, I love just getting to interact with people that I've never met before, people that I've only met on Twitter, people that I've met uh, you know, at a previous bowl game or, or at a Liberty game to, to link up with them again. And, and all those people that have said, uh, you gave the chain to my dad. You're telling me my dad has the chain. He's downstairs. I got to go talk to him. Uh, I got sidetracked. Um, so just so grateful of, of all the people that we talked to and just say, hey, thank you so much for, for putting out this content. We enjoy listening to the podcast. Uh, for those who are listening right now, again, we always say thank you, but we truly mean it. Like subscribe it, it helps us out a bunch of whatever platform, uh, you, you're taking this all in on, but we're, we're uh, getting you know, close to a
1: thousand subscribers. Yeah, we're, we're pushing 800. So help yeah. us get out to, to a thousand and, and, uh, that makes us, uh, apparently you can monetize it. Once you get to a thousand, I have no idea if that means, you know, we get a few pennies or, or what, but yeah. Hey, help us out. It costs zero dollars,
0: zero zippity do dah, zero. And then turn off the notifications. Who cares? Uh, but it was so cool for from from people that I've never met, from from players, parents that were like, yeah, we, we love to see a sea of red. We love listening to the podcast. Um, the the Pepper Alley John mentioned just such a great, just a quick opportunity for for Flames fans to to get together, to kind of kick off the bowl week. And John mentioned there's so many events and so many stories that come from that. It, it's like a mini Super Bowl where there's events and, 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 and activities that lead up to it. And then the game happens and it's like, oh, that's right. I for, for, forgot the game. But as, as John mentioned, the, the hospitality of the people of the Fiesta were incredible. That tailgate that they had before the game was in, incredible. Uh, it was so cool. There were so many awesome people there, uh, as John mentioned, that have been around the program for years. Uh, a great, great side story. Uh, I, I look down and I have a text from uh, our, our boy Marsh and he goes, Yo, uh, come over to, to uh, lot nineteen. know, have a beverage. I went. I'm in, uh, and I go over, and he's chopping it up with this kid Zach and his wife Anna that I used to hang with when I was a student, and I hadn't seen them since then. And we had no idea that we all knew each other. And it's like you know, it's stuff like that that happens at bowl games where we get opportunities to to just come together and, and just bond over what we all have in common. And that is the support of Liberty football.
1: Richie, what would you say uh, as you think back over it and something that you can share on, on the airwaves? What, what would you say was your uh, your your favorite uh, moment, your highlight of the trip? Uh, obviously, it wasn't the second quarter through the fourth quarter of the game, but what, what was your highlight of the trip?
0: So I'm, I'm, I'm going to not include anything from the game. Obviously, you know, the first quarter electric, you never forget that. Boondocks, New Year's Eve. Um, Absolute spectacle. There was a line out the door.
1: There's a line out the door both ways.
0: Both ways. And I don't know how we were able to make it happen, but pretty much if you walked into that that uh, that bar and grill and just said Liberty Flames, and, and shout out to, to John and Dennis and, and you, John. Chad and Dennis and you, John, for, for being outside and, and taking care of that. But I had so many people coming up to me inside, former players, players that you've all heard of, uh in in multiple sports going like thanks for putting this on like we needed a a a night like that you know everyone just getting together having a good time getting ready for the game that was you know eight hours down the line but a a lot of great connections were made a lot of great uh conversation and just a a great opportunity to to bond as i said before over something that we all have in common no matter where, where we are in this country Uh, Where we are in our lives, we all have this one thing that, that links us all together, which is kind of the beauty of college football.
1: Yeah. That was one of the, the best things that, that I enjoyed when I got home and was able to kind of look back over some of the, the things, you know, I didn't get to see Gabe Henderson in person. I, I didn't even know he was there. He he's obviously working with the the uh, Minnesota Vikings and, mm. and uh, so I didn't know he was going to be able to make it, but he was there. I, and I, I noticed that once I got home and saw some of his uh, social media content from, from his trip out there and, and you could just tell the joy like in, in him, you know, just through the words that he was sharing and, and uh, tweeting out and things. And, And uh, it's so cool for me. I mean, that's a guy that, that I love to watch play back you know when was that 10 15 years yeah. ago uh, he was such a good player a dynamic player helped get us to the the playoffs that win over coastal number 1 coastal mm-hmm. uh, on, on their field he he played amazing that day and and uh, helped helped us into the playoffs but you know just for him to be able to enjoy that moment and again i'm just using his him and as an example there's so many that that you know they were able to kind of bask in that the glory of being in the Fiesta Bowl and being on that stage, Liberty football. And, and uh, I really enjoyed being able to, you know, I'm, I'm glad guys like him were able to, to enjoy that. And there's, there's others. I mean, you know, we could sit here and, and go through the who's who yeah. of, of Liberty football and talk about that. But uh, that, that was really cool for me. Well, it
0: was. And, one of the people that I uh, got to see at, at the pep rally is one of the supporters of this podcast. He's on just about every week. We're not going to have him on this week, but we do have an ad for Mr. Jason Porter. Uh, is that correct?
1: Yeah, we do. And, and it's actually one of the things JP talks about all the time is having a, a deep Rolodex of people he can contact yes. if you need anything. Well, I needed him today. I reached out to him this morning and and uh, JP came through for me, so uh yeah as we he appreci- always does yeah we appreciate uh his support and uh, it was great to see him out in Arizona as well
2: yeah hey everybody my name is Jason Porter I'm with Legacy Real Team Development and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um in the athletic department of course for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So, commercial real estate, um, obviously, a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So, it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well, and then certainly on the investment front too. A number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things, and so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know. It's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much.
0: Shout out Jason Porter, always the man. And we could sit here and we could talk about the Pepper Alley, the Battle of the Bands, talk about Boondocks, shout out Joey Sandvig. Um, But we got to talk about the game, right? Like we can't just ignore the fact that the game happened. We'd be doing a disservice to ourselves. We'd be doing a disservice to all Flames Nation to not at least recognize that four quarters were played on New Year's Day. So we're going to welcome on our main man, C.T., uh, Christian Taylor, who gave us some great gambling advice uh, through the throughout the entire season. I went back and I watched the first episode because I was trying to figure out. I know at some point I said Washington would be like the real deal. I was trying to find a clip. But I couldn't find anything, so it might just be in my own head. But that's neither here nor there. So C.T., welcome on. Uh, not able to join us. Was able to watch yep. the game on yep. TV, so definitely a different view than what John and I saw. So I'm going to kick it over to you. What what were your thoughts on the game?
3: What happened? I mean, I think we have to start with the the positive note and, and first the, quarter first drive. Yeah, exactly. First quarter and the first drive. I mean, I was watching it with a few people, and that whole first drive, I, it was just like, oh, this is what we've done all season. Like this is yeah. perfect. So this is working. Like we're going to win this game basically. Um, and it felt great. It was really, really impressive to see them be able to move the ball down the field. Like they did um, with that option to bed. Good um, the pass, uh, the touchdown pass then um, to Henshaw. Yep. Finley Henshaw. Um, And so on though, it was, that was really cool to see. Um, and no matter what happened the rest of the game, which we'll talk about as well, like I feel like we'll always have that, uh, which is really awesome. I, I'm very curious as well to hear from you guys what the environment was like in the stadium on that first drive.
1: Sure. So, you you know, getting that touchdown, you talked about how, how impressed you were seeing that. And, and I was, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised that it happened. I, I thought that we'd be able to move the ball. I thought we'd be able to score some points. If you would have told me we scored six, I would have been surprised about that You know, for a whole game. So I was a little surprised that, that we only got that one touchdown. So, But it, it, it really felt good to do that. What I was really impressed by and what really got me going was when we stopped them and held them to a field goal on that second drive. When we held them to that field goal on that second drive, I was sitting there thinking, uh-oh. Like this might get real here in a minute. And and uh, you know, the crowd, you know, for I was up in the press box was which was kind of in one corner and on the side that Liberty side was on the bench and the and the fans. So like the pop of the fans, the noise from the fans was very noticeable to me. Like, not even at Williams Stadium did you do I experience that. And I think probably because it's you know, it's more you know, the whole stadium getting into it rather than coming from one side, but the pop of it from Liberty fans in that first quarter, those first couple of of big moments, you know, that bed, good run, the touchdown stopping them for a field goal, you know, those plays, those big pops uh, of of excitement from the fan base was a lot of fun to, to experience. And, um, you know, so, so getting that stop there, then, you know, obviously we didn't score again, Uh, But the next try, we didn't score. And then we stopped them three and out and forced a punt. And I was thinking, man, that's what I was concerned about. We wouldn't be able Mm -hmm. to stop them, which is what we saw from the second quarter on. But when we did that, I was like, we've got a real shot here. And uh, so that that was kind of where I was. Uh, What about from from your vantage point, Richie?
0: I think in college football, when you have an opportunity to seize momentum, you have to take it because you may never get another opportunity to do so. We saw it last night in the national championship game when Washington uh, was you know down two scores. They scored right at the end of the half, getting the ball. If if, if Washington scores right there, it's a totally different ballgame. They had an opportunity for to, to, to take control of the game, and they didn't. We had an opportunity to take control of that game up 6-3. And we didn't. It, it didn't happen for, for whatever reason. And, and there were some calls that, that did not go our way. I'm, I've never been a big ref guy, but, you know, sit there and go, yeah, a couple holds, you know, that interception is what it is. You, we didn't lose the game because of refs. It's, it, it is what it is. But refs can kill momentum, and momentum can determine a
1: game. How much do you um, guys think that the decision – and, again, I hate to criticize Coach Chadwell or the team at all because, I mean – Look at us, right? We were in the Fiesta Bowl, 13 to 1. You yeah. know, kind of what happened in the game is what we expected. But in the moment, and even looking back, I feel like that fourth down when we had like fourth and two, fourth and three near midfield, I th- was it six to three? Maybe we were down yeah, 10 six at that point. You know, it, was our, it was the second drive. It was our second yeah. drive. Okay. So we, it was six to three. We had the ball at midfield and we decided to punt. Like that just went in the face of, everything we've done all season it went in the face of everything that I had heard he had told the team about we're going there to win this game leading up to the game it went again into the face of you know winning the coin toss and electing to receive uh it went you know it, everything was so aggressive uh, in the play calling and everything until that moment when we decided to punt and again I don't get paid the big bucks. I'm not a head football coach. You don't want me to be your head football coach. But I wonder how much that, again, I, I don't think we win the game. But I think if we go for it on fourth down there, you know, maybe we get stopped and, and it ends up being 45 to six anyways. But I would have liked to have seen, you know, let's keep playing with that momentum, keep playing aggressively and see what happened. But I think from there, everything flipped and the game just got out of hand and and we kind of lost that edge.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. they immediately went after that punt, went 82 yards, scored the touchdown, take the lead, and obviously they know, never let go of that. But um, I was I was going to say the same thing, John. That definitely just shifted the momentum. Um, I feel like, again, as you said, we, we aren't paid the big bucks. Like, I'm not going to criticize anything that uh, they choose to do or anything like that. Uh, but it is something I would say overall, like, I would have loved to see that consistency of aggressiveness throughout the whole game. It's something if you go back to the beginning of the season, not us, but that first Oregon Washington game, Oregon went for it basically every fourth down Mm -hmm. they could. And it was like, okay, some of them worked, some of them didn't, but you were consistent. I'll respect that. Um, And that's something I would have loved to see in the game. It didn't happen. And it's ultimately okay. Um, But it's definitely, that was definitely frustrating. And to the ref's point, I mean, again, they definitely did not cause us to lose that game or anything like that, but just given some of those calls in the first half, and I really do think they were big momentum shifters between the interception, a yeah. couple of those holds, as we said. I honestly feel like, and call me crazy, I don't know, but I feel like it would have been more fair score going into halftime of like 24-17 or so, just based yeah. on what, some, what was happening on some of the drives and things like that. And from there, from there, who knows what would have happened? Um, but yeah, unfortunately,
1: it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah and, real, and real, real quick, real quick, John ahead. CT,
3: uh, CT, welcome to Baltimore. Thank you, thank you, appreciate
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I see Mike's uh, comment here about getting away from the triple option. I agree with that too. And and another thing I thought was kind of uh, interesting was uh, Aaron Bedgood was so. Um, so so good for us those first couple of drives and it seems like he was non-existent the rest of the game so i'm not sure what happened there but uh that was interesting but but all in all i mean good first quarter and then we couldn't stop oregon from there and that was really the what i thought was going to happen in the game and and i think they scored you know what six T- touchdowns on six straight offensive possessions and when they did that it was you know again i kind of expected that to happen we couldn't score we couldn't keep up with them and their scores we didn't get any turnovers we had the turnovers ourselves and then obviously the penalties helped or hurt us as well too so i kind of got, got out of uh got out of our hands but hey great season right uh we had a great season 13 and 0 going into that year going into that game and 13 and 1 fiesta bowl finished ranked number 25 in the top 25 poll yeah. Only second time in, in in program history, so great season. Which which is preposterous because we were eighteen
0: last poll, correct?
1: Eighteen, yep. Mm-hmm.
0: How does a loss to Oregon <laughs> drop us seven spots? And SMU loses by two scores to Boston College. I'm not knocking knock Boston College. Where my best friends went to BC, they drop three like. That's a bit – that's a bit excessive. It's either here nor there. It doesn't matter.
3: But the Ian fact that we in the
0: season ranked is, is huge.
3: Yes, and with SMU, even a bit more perspective, they lost by two touchdowns to a team that's pretty middle to bottom of the road of their conference next year. So. Yeah. Like that, that was, that was definitely jarring,
1: but I hate to talk about it so much because it doesn't really matter. But, uh, I see a lot of people talking about SMU and, and the strength of schedules, why they're ranked higher. Well, they had a loss to Boston college by two touchdowns who was seven and six, very kind of mediocre, uh, ACC team. They lost to a non bowl eligible team in, uh, TCU. And then they lost to, uh, Oklahoma, which, you know, that's a fine loss. But who did they beat? They didn't beat anybody. They beat Tulane, which yeah. what is Tulane like? Tulane didn't beat anybody. We can say the same thing about them. So, I think the AAC was overrated all season. This is what we were saying going into you know that selection Sunday and stuff. And and again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, I feel like the AAC was propped up when they didn't need to be all year. And I think bowl season kind of kind of proved that. But but uh, you know, great season. I, th- I think we should should recap it a little bit, don't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to, to to go back to see what our takes were. I, I know when, when we were given that, hey, make your game-by-game prediction, I went, we're going to lose to Buffalo and Western Kentucky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't, what an idiot I am, right? Like, I actually thought we might lose to Mex- New Mexico State game, two. Yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't know what we had. We didn't know who our quarterback oh. was going to be. We didn't know... We didn't know what we had, and then Brendan goes down Schlitler to to injury yeah. in the preseason. You lose two of your top receivers, and you know we we look now at at Caden and CJ as these these great alpha dogs, but they weren't then. I mean, CJ Daniels, you know, again, I think he's one of the top receivers in the country. We can talk about the the transfer portal later on on tonight, but. Uh, coming into the year, like he w- he hadn't done anything. Like you he might have had a game here or there, but he hadn't done anything. So there's a lot of question marks there. We had an entire new running back core. Like, you know, we, we talk about Quentin Cooley being a household name now, but you know, a year ago, like we're like, Who is this kid? Like yeah. we thought Vaughn Blue was gonna be our top running back coming out of spring practice as a, as you know, a freshman, as a true freshman. So that goes <laughs> to show you what we thought we had at at a running back, and then of course, you know, Caden ended up winning the job, but we didn't really know that officially until an hour before kickoff against uh, Bowling Green. So, uh, for for us to to navigate that, for the coaching staff, Coach Chadwell and his staff to navigate that, to navigate that transfer portal twice uh, yep. last year, you know, leading into the twenty three season to restock this roster. Man, what what a tremendous job. How how do they not get, you know, I've seen they gotten some Coach of the Year awards and stuff, Coach mm-hmm. Chadwell has. How do they not get a coach of the year award? Just what they did with re- restocking this uh this roster and and uh to, to be able to go undefeated, win every game, each and every we can talk about the schedule all you want to, but to be able to pull out, you know, pull out a win over Sam Houston, you know, we can go back and look yeah. at that. It's like, <laughs> you know. That I was sweating that one. We were all sweating that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we play we of about the that year a lot. But, a play of the year. But yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. Yeah. That Kobe Singleton, PBU, but you know, what a great job they did. Great job by the the uh the the players buying in to, to what happened and yeah. um yeah it, it was it, it was, was a good good run.
3: Yeah,
0: not not many first year head coaches come in and have the success that coach uh, coach Shadwell did. And uh, also shout out uh, Coach Shadwell birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, coach. Uh the big three nine. Happy birthday, coach.
1: Three nine. He he can't be three nine.
0: You always undersell it, John. Okay, I got In you. A couple <laughs> of years you'd get on the good side. We knocked the we knocked the fourth down call earlier, so I gotta come back with the a couple years younger than uh what you you said you are. Um do we have a uh Leesville ad?
1: Oh, oh, we certainly do. Uh you had a Lees Lee's Leesburg experience. Leesburg, 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 t-shirt. I, Leesburg. I saw it in yeah. Arizona.
0: I was wearing a Leesburg t-shirt. And i if I'm lying, I'm dying right now. We're at the Barstool Bar watching football on Sunday. And someone walks up to me who watches the podcast and goes, Is that a Leesburg, Florida shirt? Did they send that to you? I went, kind of. And told they were we talked about Leesburg for a good Five to 10 minutes. And it was great. I I love getting to to share uh, my beliefs about Leesburg. I'm going to Florida next week. I'm going to be in Disney from Tuesday to Sunday, uh, drinking around the world on Wednesday. So be on the lookout on Twitter because I don't know what's going to happen. If for some reason I get displaced from Orlando, I'm hopping an Uber straight to Leesburg. Not a doubt. Roll the tape.
2: It's real Florida, it's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions. Crystal clear natural springs and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be.
0: Leesburg, Leesburg, Leesburg. So the game ends, we all depart, and we wait. And for those who don't know, the transfer portal rules are different for teams that play in a New Year's Six or playoff game. The The portal closed originally, I think, the day after January 2nd. However, because we played a New Year's Six Bowl, it closes today yesterday yesterday monday. It
1: was monday Yep, yeah.
0: it closed monday so so any player that was going to to declare that they were entering the portal and again you can enter the portal and come back so any player had to to enter the, por- the portal for yesterday so the game ended and we waited and i was on a plane heading back to new jersey mm-hmm. and I didn't have Wi-Fi because I was flying Spirit and I didn't want to pay $18 and I had my Nintendo Switch and I had a movie on my iPad and I had my, my sleep mask and we landed and I opened up my phone and I had a lot of text messages and I went, this is either really good or really bad. There's news. And sure enough, the news was that QB1 Caden Salter had entered the portal. John, you want to take it from there?
1: Yeah. So, so I had the red eye, uh, New Year's day night, uh, and I landed in Baltimore. So I'll CD, CT bright and early, uh, 5.00 AM or whatever it was in Baltimore on January 2nd, I guess it was. And, uh, then we had to drive to Lynchburg. So, I, I and that was a rough drive home those three to four hours, but, uh, pulled into the driveway, I don't know, 10, 11 AM and, and immediately crashed. I didn't even unpack the car or anything, just crashed. And uh, next thing you know, kind of, kind of similar to Richie, but I woke up a little bit before the news broke, and uh, my phone was blowing up as well, and and heard uh, of what was happening, and and uh, was like, okay, well, buckle up, here we go. There is no off season in Division One college football. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Caden entered the portal, and and at that point in time, it's just like mayhem. Like, I can't believe this happened. I, You know, uh, we had, we had thought about it, but so much going through the years. So, so again, we got to back up a little bit. So, you know, prior, you know, December 1st, you had to, you know, if you were going to transfer, this would be his second transfer. You were going to have to sit out, uh, a year unless you graduate until
0: you graduate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, based on what we've heard and what I think is still the case is, is he's on track to graduate in May. So it's like, okay, we're good at least until May, maybe he goes in the portal in May and uh, does a grad transfer. And and if so, we'll figure it out then. But uh, it, you know, in December, you know, mid midway between, you know, our conference championship win over New Mexico state and the Fiesta bowl, the NCAA you know, it gets brought up in court cases and 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 whatnot. Anyways, that rule is now gone. Two time transfer doesn't matter. You can transfer and not sit out, no penalty. So that immediately changed our entire roster. We got a lot of players, not just Caden, but a lot of guys on the roster that have already transferred once. You know, look back to replacing fifty percent of your roster a year ago. A lot of that was through the portal. So. Uh, so, so when he went in, you're sitting there thinking, oh man, this, this could open the floodgates and, and who's to follow, you know, it could end up being everybody. And, and, uh, fortunately, um, and, and you know, I, I know our guy producer 3000, who's not with us tonight has a lot of good stories. He could tell, uh, one day, uh, about, uh, th- those few days, those few hours. But, um, uh, fortunately, you know, what was it a day or two later, uh, mm-hmm. we, we first get the word from, you know, run it back. Quentin Cooley was the first one to kind of say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. He could have. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, you talk about tampering and all that stuff. And and uh, I don't, don't want to throw out any accusations, but I have heard there has been tampering going on throughout the season. And, and a lot of the guys that decided to, quote unquote, run it back were guys that I'd heard had been tampered with, you know, yeah. and, and other other schools were coming after them and wanting them. But, but Quentin Cooley said, nope let's run it back. And, and from there it kind of, it, it, snowballed and, and uh, just about everybody said, Hey, we're going to run it back. Caden, you know, within two or three days of entering the portal, you know, did a one eighty and said, Nope, I'm coming back. I'm staying at Liberty. And uh, obviously with him back and, you know, we'll talk about CJ Daniels as well too, but with, with, with Caden back, you know, the sky's the limit in 2024, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if he stays healthy, you can't predict another undefeated season, but we should be right there in conference USA Chase. And if you win that, you're you're in you're in the ballgame for a, a CFP bid. And,
0: and a lot of a lot of college football pundits are already putting out there way too early top 25. And Liberty's been there every single poll. Sometimes it's a 25. Fine. You're there. And That's, starting just the being at 25 ranked, is massive. Yeah, we, yeah, we've talked about that so much. we mentioned it six, seven weeks ago. It was, hey, just f- finishing the season strong so that way we start next year ranked is going to be so massive because once you're already ranked, it's so much easier to stay there rather than jumping the, the, the whatever you want to call it to get in there. But listen, the transfer portal is what it is. It's part of college football. It's part of the way – this game works now. And every single one of us here now watching would go, go goes out and sees, hey, what other jobs are out there? Go out on a job interview. We've all been there. I've been there. I went back to my job. So it's part of the way, like, don't knock a college kid. So no matter what happens with anything or what anyone has done, like, just – understand that like they're kids with opportunities out there and I get it and so thankful that that Caden and so many other players not only produced this year and and were contributors to their season that they decided that they're so on board with with what coach Chadwell is doing with what so many people involved uh, both within the program and outside of the program are doing that they want to be involved with this. And it's a large part because of the fans. So there's my rant. It was just a classic Michael Scott. I'm going to start it and I don't know where I'm going to end it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for, for all the players and, and any player that does leave Kobe Singleton going to play at uh, Oregon state. Good for him. Thank you for an incredible season. We're not playing in the festival if it's not for him. And I'm not going to ever forget that. Uh, for happening, so okay. shout out to the players. You know, you, you know, you do decide to transfer. Thank you for what you did. uh it, it happens everywhere. Duke just lost their starting quarterback to Notre Dame. It's an ACC school. USC lost the kid, their backup that was supposed to to come in, gone. Texas lost the the backup that was over Arch. It was a heartbeat away. Left before the playoffs. So like this is not just a Liberty thing. So people are like, oh, Liberty. No, no, no. this happens all around college football. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And I, I trust our coaching staff to navigate this entire transfer portal, both this year and beyond successfully. And I'm excited about that. So C D go ahead. I've rambled on long enough. No, you're good.
3: And I think just one more thing to add to it, like talking about them just being college kids and stuff like that. Some of them, um, this isn't the case for all of them, but some of these guys, like they might not have a future in the NFL or anything like that. Yeah. And so – in this day and age going into the portal is an opportunity for them to get potentially one of the biggest checks of their life. So, I mean, by all means, as a fan, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, if you put yourself in their shoes, like yeah. absolutely, you would be checking out what those opportunities are for yourself. Um, so I, I think what we have is great, of uh, obviously with Caden coming back, that's amazing. Um, there's also – we have so much depth on this team, I really believe, and mm-hmm. we saw that this year. So even in the positions where guys left, like who knows who's going to be there because there, so many of the break, breakout guys on the roster this year were there on the roster last year, and they got elevated because of guys leaving mm-hmm. the portal, and then they showed off. Um, so I think we're really uh, still in an awesome spot. And then just to back it up a little bit farther back to that top 25 thing, Um, just to emphasize how important it is. Like, let's talk about Tulane one more time. Like their team that we know they were not that great, but they started off in the top 25 because of their season past. And once that happened, it was, if they did not lose that championship game, we would not be in the Fiesta Bowl. No. And we were clearly better than that. So being being in that top 25, I mean, who knows what our year next year could look like. Maybe it's a, 10-2 10 and two kind of year or something like that and maybe we still get a nod over a team that didn't start off in the top 25 just because of that so if we are able to make it there um it'll be a massive edge to start the season
1: yeah we'll, we'll talk about 2024 a, a little bit more uh early really early way too early preview here here in a minute but uh, one thing I will say is, is you talk about you know the portal and all that sort of stuff um one thing I'll say is we're in a lot better position today than we were a year ago. I mean, it's not—it's not, it's not even—it's not even close, especially with Caden back. And you could probably say that even if Caden wasn't coming back, but but with him back in the fold, 100, percent we're in a better situation. We we return, you know, something like 70 some odd percent of our our top, not just our roster, our, our top production. You know, there's a few guys in that went in the portal, or a few guys that that lost uh, their eligibility. But uh, one thing we got to say. Shout out Flames Rising Collective. You guys are both rocking the hats. Uh, thank you to everyone who has uh, helped us, supported the Flames Rising Collective uh, over the past few weeks, past few days, past year plus. Uh, you know, it goes a big way. And if we didn't have a collective, I don't know if we would be keeping Caden today. Uh, if we didn't have a collective, uh, I don't know if we would have an opportunity to keep CJ Daniels. Uh, We're still waiting to hear what what his his move is. He was obviously I think everybody knows now this past weekend. He he took trips to to Auburn, Florida and Texas. And and uh, it sounds like he's deciding between one of those or possibly coming back to Liberty, which even saying that sentence is uh, crazy. It's insane. But uh, but we'll see. But shout out Flames Rising Collective. We have hit over the 71 sub- monthly subscribers. We also have others that have joined, uh, you know, on an annual basis, um, but 71 monthly that are locked in and active. Awesome. Thank you. You can still go out there and, and join us for as low as $10 a month. Uh, and, and it helps keep players. And it's not just football. It's all sports, all yeah, sports and, at Liberty.
0: And I just want to say, I, I, I take a look at what other NL collectives are doing. And a lot of the times they're, they're $10 a month, and that's what our, our minimum is for Flames Rising, $10 a month. You get an opportunity to jump on a video call with an athlete. You get thank-you card from an athlete. You get uh, – Chad's running ticket giveaways all the time, like, hey, who wants courtside seats to the basketball game? Who wants ice? Who wants uh, board hockey. side? Whatever it is, <laughs> right on the ice for hockey games. Like $10 a month at most collectives, you get nothing. But we really want to get the athletes involved and, and get the the fans connected and get those opportunities. And then, you know, those benefits only go up $25 a month, $50 a month where you're hopping on. We had we've had opportunities to to jump in calls with Caden, calls with with Kyle Road. We, we did an insider meeting with with John Manson where we chatted with, uh, some of our $50 a month owners and John just talking about just stuff about schedules and,
1: and AMA and ask and me transfer anything. portal
0: yeah ask <laughs> whatever like uh so you know reach out if you have any questions because it really is the avenue to support the athletes 100% of the money is going directly to them and there's not many collectives out there uh that can say that
1: so sure. Yeah. And if you, if you have any questions like Richie's saying, reach out yeah. to us, we're happy to answer those. And, uh, none of us on this call, Chad himself make a dollar through the collective. No. Uh, we're all, you know, donating our time even, uh, just to give back to the university and, and, uh, you know, it's one way we can all help, help keep some of these guys around. That's really what we've used it for to this point is to retain athletes. It hasn't gotten to to the recruiting of athletes much, Uh, but mainly retention. But anyways, let's play this ad and let's talk some uh, 2024 Liberty football. Let's do it. Hey, Flames Nation, this is Kyle Rode.
3: This is Rachel Root.
1: This is Kato Salter.
3: We would just want to say thank you for supporting athletes like us through the Flames Rising Collective.
1: The Flames Rising Collective is a registered 501c3 providing opportunities for student-athletes to use their name, image, and likeness while serving our local community.
3: 100% of everything contributed to the collective will go directly to creating
0: name, image, and likeness opportunities for Liberty student-athletes.
1: Help us be champions for Christ and champions on the field plans that, that's All so right, much better with that's so much better with Caden uh back in the fall right
0: I know we would not <laughs> be playing that ad if Caden were here but uh we're gonna bring in our next guest Lil Nas X newest Liberty student <laughs> no I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> I'm like wait Richie where are we going with this <laughs> no,
0: no 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 so 2024 it's gonna sneak up on us um I think there's a you know there was a bit of buzz swag shop 100 percent. we are we are always
1: it's on the way we're, we're working on yeah. it so stay tuned ray
0: yeah we, we want everyone to be able to rock uh uh a caden salter jersey tee, quinton cooley jersey tee. like that's where it's at and in years past you know the if you ever watched the johnny Manziel doc not to keep talking nil but he's like i sat in a stadium where there were seventy thousand people wearing my jersey and i didn't see a dime and whether or not you agree with, with NIL or all that, that's ridiculous. Like, let's hook these guys up. They're giving us so much time and, and their energy and their effort. And they allowed us this opportunity to go to a Fiesta Bowl. But that's neither here nor there. But, but uh, no, absolutely. 2024, it's going to sneak up. A year ago, we we had so many questions. We were, we got this brand-new coach. What are the quarterbacks going to be? It's a lot more questions already. Now I think it's a, it's a – a question of how high do we want to set the expectations for next year? Because this year was pretty great.
1: No, it was, it was a great year. And, and it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it, it's funny you hear coach Chad will joke about it and he's joking, but I think he's also being honest is maybe I won too much in my first year. Cause, cause yeah. you know, as I think about it, and I said it earlier, it's hard to predict an undefeated season, but that's what the predictions are going to be. There's going to be people out there saying this team should go undefeated. There's going to be a good uh, percentage of the Liberty fan base saying that, uh, you know, we, uh, we we should go undefeated. I mean, the schedule will be better. It's not going to be a top 100 schedule. It's still going to be 100 plus, And some of that is out of our control based on how, how the teams do that, that, that are on the schedule. But we're pl- playing, um, you know, App State. And East Carolina, we get East Carolina at home and playing in Boone at App. Uh, those games replace the two Mac games we had. Uh so, so that's an upgrade. But um, it's still you you gotta you got to to get back to a CFP or get to a CFP, but but to a New York six bowl, basically, is, is what I'm saying. By getting back to it, you have to, you know, if you go and defeat it, you're gonna be there. Uh, if you lose one game, you could you probably be in the conversation. Two games we'll see. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it starts with this offense. I mean, this offense the number one rushing offense in the country in 2023. We return three of five starting offensive linemen, four of the top six that played. We had Aaron Finnamore, who I think will slide in. Yes. Uh, right in, and, and we won't miss a beat there with him. Uh, so I feel feel good about our offensive line. We probably need one more uh, depth piece to feel comfortable there. But, but we're good there. Running back, everybody's back. You know, I mean, you got Quentin Cooley, Vaughn Blue, uh, Aaron Bedgood. Uh, whether you call him a receiver or a running back, um, Billy Lucas, James Jointer. So, so we're loaded there. Uh, obviously, Caden. It, it starts and ends there. But uh, the, the, then, you know, the receivers. I, I think you, you got to remember, we get Reese Smith back. We get Victor Jones back yep. off injury. Um, Nebraska
0: West Virginia transfers
1: yep yep so so I'm feeling good there so uh, Dante Lee I'm hearing a lot of good things about Dante Lee he is committed a uh, transfer guy uh, through the portal he's got three years of eligibility left he was a division two all-american at Shaw and he's coming in I uh, had offers from all sorts of uh, schools uh, he decommitted but recommitted that was a lot due to sounds like due to um, uh, the Salter situation which is understandable but um, you know, he, sh- he should be a dynamic playmaker at receiver as well, too. So the question marks come come with the defense. How good can the defense be? And uh, can we offset some of those losses uh, that we've had in the portal already on that side of the ball? And uh, But that's been one area of emphasis. So uh, that, that's the biggest key is that defense.
3: And I would just say as well, I mean, looking at our non-conference for next year right now, even outside of the players, if we want to talk about the schedule some – um, obviously we'll have the conference games but there's we'll probably feel like oh we could lose one or something we'll have to see what the rest of the conference does um, in the soft season as well but looking at the non-con we have Campbell which we'll count that as win um, East Carolina who they've been good in the past but after they lost their quarterback uh, this past year they definitely fell off I mean they are a name that could start bringing in better players and stuff, but uh, and until we see that, you have to assume, okay, we can we can count that one as a win um, and then at UMass um, and then finally, the big one, September 28th at App State, which is going to be an amazing game. I think everybody, if you're watching, go ahead and try to start figuring out how can you get to Boone on September 28th because that's going to be an amazing game, um, but looking at all that, I, I agree. Like We're going to get projections that we could be undefeated, we might be one loss, things like that, and I think that's reasonable. It'll be tough to be able to live up to that two years in a row but it's definitely possible but i don't think we should see this year as the exception um, i don't think we should see next year as we have zero chance at making the playoffs or anything like that there was people that said this year on twitter we know some of them well um, that liberty had zero yeah. percent chance of making the New York six game and look what happened. So for anybody trying to say that, no, there's no chance next year or anything like that. One, the playoffs bigger Two, There could even be two group of five spots, depending if, if we get lucky, um, yeah. depending on what the NCAA rules. Um And three, this team is just going to stay consistent. This is now the baseline for
1: this. Team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the way it's constructed today, which can change in a moment's notice. We know the NCAA changes uh, uh, rules. But uh, the top two G5 champions would make the the playoffs. And in, in the six plus six model, you might see that that phrase thrown out there. They're, they're talking about changing it to the five plus seven. That would be five auto bids and, and uh, seven at largest. So the more auto bids, the better because – the the chances of liberty getting an, an at larger that's close to 0% but, <laughs> but 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 yeah i mean liberty, liberty is certainly right there in in the mix you know and and uh, again i the, the good thing is we're not going to have to make up so much ground this year that was our biggest problem you know for 2023 is we came from the bottom, you know, you started from the bottom and, and you know, we, we made it right, but mm-hmm. we had so much ground to make up and we had to have a lot of help, a ton of help, even going undefeated. Whereas this year, our names already out there, we're not going to start ranked 100th plus, we're going to be, you know, maybe not top 25, but certainly in the others receiving votes to start the season, we're going to be on the playoff committee's radar. You know, so, so if we go undefeated, we're a lock. If we, we lose a game or two, we'll see. But but uh, it all comes down you you start with winning the conference you have to win the conference championship and and uh, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams look next year i think jacksonville state's probably going into the year is probably our, our biggest competition with rich rod back and mm-hmm. and uh, some of their players there but you know new mexico state's going to be remade with with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback it look like you know a lot of question marks there they could still be good uh, western kentucky would expect to have some talent uh, you know, I think Sam Houston will be better too, but uh, you gotta start with winning the conference championship. but today it feels good, looks good. It's a long way to go till uh, September rolls around, but it'll be here before you know it. make sure you get your season tickets, get your tickets to to the road game if you can get to Boone. Uh, that'll be a fun fun trip to make.
0: Yeah, Dad, get out. Like we want pops appearance. Yeah, he just bring bring in. bring him on
1: the show. Yeah,
0: Dad, come back in. <laughs> Dad, come back in.
1: This is a celebration show, right? Yeah, he, walked, he recap. walks in.
0: He's He walks in like waving a Salter t shirt. No, come in. Come on. Come all the way in. <laughs> Make now, sure he knows you're live. Camera, we're live. By the way, but I hear I hear like a noise outside of. Come on. I could hear
1: I could hear myself talking.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm like. Well, there's an echo going on all the way in. John.
1: Papa Long Shots, what's going on? He's got the seven. He's
0: got the Salter seven. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. I'm, thinking, well, I'm like, who's outside of my room right now <laughs> that I can hear? And then I realize, oh, that's my dad who's watching on his his phone. Um, Mike Schlitler says hi, by the way. Um, all right. Train of thoughts completely gone. We're flying off the rails, which makes sense. We're, we're an hour in. Um, what's next? We're gonna do monthly shows, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess that's that's the next thing. It's it's been a great season. You know, thank you, Richie. Thank you, CT. Thank you, Producer Three Thousand, who left us high and dry tonight. But uh, thank you, thank you, everybody who's uh, who's been uh, been following along all season. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, It's our first time with Richie and myself as co-hosts. First time with CT on each week in, in his spot and. And uh, we got the basketball show. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Yes. Thursday, Thursday night, I'm going to be on there as one of the co-hosts moving forward the rest of the, the season. So uh, Thursday night, uh, tune in for that basketball show. Uh, we're going to keep that, that going weekly through the rest of the season. We're also going to have a uh, baseball show. This is breaking news. So we're going to carry the podcast into baseball season. I will be on there. Who will be joining me is still – uh, we, we figured it out, but we'll announce it later. Uh, but, um, you know, so once basketball season over, we're going to roll into a baseball show and uh, plan on doing that weekly as well, too. And then we're going to keep going in through the summer. Not going to be weekly, yeah. but but certainly at least monthly uh, and maybe a, a bi-monthly type type show. But we're going to we're going to keep it going. This is the, the podcast. Thanks to you all support uh, mm-hmm. and to the help of, of some of the guys that, that are joining me here on the screen. Uh, we're planning on doing this year round.
0: Well, John, none of this would exist without you. And, you know, we say it all the time, but, you know, when you started A Sea of Red uh, 12, 13 years ago, it, it it set the groundwork for for all of this now. And to see how much it's grown to, from just a, not just a, but a, a blog with, with the form and, and, and to what it is now is completely insane. And right. it's an honor, you know, I don't want to speak for CT, but... To, to be a part of this is, it's insane to me. And and being at Boondocks, Boondocks talking to Mike Brown and taking pictures with Rashad Jennings, I'm like what is my life right now? Like what is happening? How did this all, like I was watching them just from the stands and, and uh, it, it it is what it is. But CT, any last
3: closing thoughts? No, I mean, I'll just echo everything that you said. So John, like thanks for all the opportunity, opportunities that you've given us. Uh, But thanks for all that you've done for Liberty um, and just supporting the teams for all these years. Um, So nothing, as Richie said, would be possible without you. So um, I think next thing for a CRED is uh, getting that 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Help us us out. Help us
0: out. It's free. It's free. Um, And while you're doing that, Liberty Twitter Bracket Challenge. Next Monday? Next Monday we're going to start throwing out tweets. We're looking for categories, whether you're looking, you know, we're going to do best tweeter, funniest tweet, all that stuff. Give us some categories. Start to think of awards that you think people deserve. Uh, once we get through that whole stage, then we're going to take nominations. We're going to have a committee and we're going to do, we're going to do an awards show. We're going to have like a Liberty Twitter awards show night. It's, it's going to fly off the rails. I, I can already see it coming. You know, God knows what's going to happen. Things get weird when we just do a little bracket. Imagine when we have 10 to 12 awards and people politicking to win all of that. So, um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, so appreciative of, of, of everyone uh, following along, all the people that reached out to us at the ball game. They're like, oh, love the podcast. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, it, it truly means a lot. So, as always, stay hydrated, stay blessed. Stay fly. We'll see you when we see you.